You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Father, I thank you for this new podcast series, Seen is Believing. And I, for one, am excited about it, Papa. I know that this is a right now word for us. And I know that this is such a powerful revelation. I think about all of the times, Father, when I have been praying, when I haven't been seeing results and and I'm frustrated and you've always said to me, well, what do you see? And so, Father, I thank you that this is a revelation that has been hard fought in my life. And I thank you that it is going to shift people's lives, shift people's circumstances, give them a higher level of perspective and understanding about the way that we partner with Holy Spirit to manifest heaven on earth. And so I just yield my body right now. I yield my mind. I yield all of my faculties, Father, as a living sacrifice. Uh, Think through my mind. I just declare that we all have been granted a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I declare our eyes, uh, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened and we can see We can see the hope of our calling. We can see how to operate as a son of God in the earth. We can see the things that the Holy Spirit has prepared for us, God. We can see the future. And I just speak this in the name of Jesus over every person that is watching this live in the Path to Purpose group, that's going to be listening to it on the podcast. Father, I thank you that this is an elevation in our revelation. This is an elevation in our consciousness, God, so that we are walking in the spirit, walking by faith, and we are seeing your promises, the inheritance that we already have in Christ, everything that heaven has already lavished upon us, manifested in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I'm excited about this new podcast series. This, like I said when I was praying, this is a revelation that I have really learned in the trenches, in the trenches of contradiction, in the trenches where uh, the scriptures that you know declare to us what belongs to, to us in Christ are clear, but yet they are not manifesting in my circumstances. And so there's this contradiction, there's this disconnect between what, you know, what belongs to me in Christ and what I'm experiencing on earth. And so I am going to break this down for you guys in this new series called Seeing is Believing. And I am going to just trust God that you are going to get it and that there is going to be massive breakthrough in your life as a result of these ser- of this series. So let's jump in. Uh, our foundation scripture for, for this series is coming uh, out of Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen, and I'm going to read it in the King James version, mainly because that was the version that I mostly studied <laughs> when I was getting this revelation, right? How many of you ever, you know, were in a church or around uh, Christian circles that were like, you know, the the King James version is the, you know, real version of the Bible. Well, you know, I've grown beyond that since now, but since then, but as as I hope you have too, uh, by listening to my podcast and reading all these books that I recommend for you. But uh, I am going to go back to this because it really actually is the scripture that I cut my teeth on on in this revelation. And it spoke a lot to me during those seasons of my life where I was, when I was standing in the midst of some really difficult situations 
And I just, I have a lot of nostalgia around this version and I just, hey, it's my podcast and I get to decide what version we go out of. So let me read it to you in the King James Version. It says this, it says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh, it says worketh, I'll say works, (laughs) works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Oh my gosh, there's so much goodness jam-packed into these two scriptures. Um, You know, this scripture is for people (laughs) specifically that are going through an affliction. (laughs) Okay. Now, the Bible calls it a light affliction, although I am very aware that many times when we are going through an affliction, okay, a trial, a tribulation, a temptation, a contradiction, that it feels anything but light. It feels heavy. It feels stressful. It feels uh, full of of angst, right? It, it it can cause fear in our lives. Why? Because we are human. <laughs> we are human, and we have emotions, and we have five physical senses, and we are constantly receiving sensory input from the material realm. And frankly, when you are going through a a contradiction and a trial and a tribulation, a situation that is stressful. <clears throat> Maybe it's a, a situation with a, in, in your health. Maybe it's a situation with your children. Maybe it's a situation in your finances. Maybe it's a relational situation. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're having marital strife, right? Well, it doesn't necessarily feel light in our humanity, right? And in fact, it can feel really triggering, right? It can feel, when I say triggering, it can it can in our little neural pathways faster than we can even, you know, recognize this is what's happening is that our brains are going into survival mode. Our brains and our bodies are going into safety mode. Our amygdala is going, you know, nuts and an alarm is going off inside, you know, danger, 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 Will Robinson, danger, right? And this, our body has a visceral response many times, when we're going through these situations, when we receive bad news or we receive something that is shocking or that is unexpected, right? So our bodies go into this, you know, we are not safe mode. And because our brains are, uh, uh, have been designed really or programmed or we've inherited, I don't know how you want to describe it, this, this, this survival mechanism, right? Uh, we've been trained in a world system. We've experienced, you know, a lifetime of experiences that have taught us what is safe, what is not safe, what is true, what is not true. We have this reaction that we aren't necessarily always in control of. And our brains are presenting the belief systems that we have uh, subconsciously been, in, been imprinted with the judgments and the, the way that we have crafted a paradigm of reality that is based on our past. 
right? So when, you know, we see a doctor's report that has, you know, cancer on it, well, we have been programmed and we have had life experiences that tell us that, you know, cancer is terminal. We have been fed information that tells us that there's no hope for this, but we can go on the internet and it'll tell you there's no cure for this particular diagnosis, right? So we have tons of information about this particular circumstance that gives us this alarm, you know, going off in our heads, going off in our bodies, you know, and causing this visceral reaction. And we can't, I mean, as long as we're, you know, breathing, we're not necessarily going to always be able to avoid those reactions, those triggers, those visceral responses to something that we are perceiving internally, subconsciously as dangerous, right? When you get that tax bill, I'm speaking of tax bills, right? It's when I'm recording this podcast, this is when you have to, you know, when you've had your extensions, when you're, your tax returns are due, right? And you get your tax bill and the tax bill is bigger than your bank account, Right. You 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 it's almost like an auto response many times that you start to panic because maybe you grew up in a house where money was a struggle or maybe, uh, you know, you had to work hard for everything that you've ever, uh, you know, got. And so you you immediately can go into this mode of of thinking, this mode of feeling that is based on the sensory realm, that is based on the seen realm. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is, is that when when we're going to be talking about seeing is believing. Okay, this is this is practical stuff. Okay, this is not just, you know, law, law, meditation and visualization, you know, when everything's just going great. No, this is the strategy when everything is everything is going wrong. Okay. or every, you know, something is going wrong. Maybe it's not everything, but something is going wrong. And it gives us a completely different way to begin to process circumstances. You know, in my word of the month for September, if you guys haven't watched that, it is a really powerful uh, broadcast about um, human judgment and perception. And the word of the month uh, for September at the time of this recording is uh, elevate, elevating our perception. In fact, um, hoping this week, I'm going to be launching my new uh, subscription program that I actually am calling Elevate uh, in uh, honor of the things that God has been speaking to me that and the move of the spirit in the Holy Spirit. I mean, the move of the spirit in the earth. More information to come on that. I'm not going to talk about it right now. But the point is, is that this scripture is a uh, is a key is is a door into an elevated perception when you are in the midst of an affliction, a contradiction, uh, a place where the promises of God and the circumstances in your life are not in alignment. Okay, so let's look at it again. So first of all, it's kind of taunting us a little bit, right? It's saying you're our light affliction. Okay, it may not feel light. But from a higher perspective, from from an elevated level of consciousness where you are in the spirit and you are thinking from the mind of Christ, okay, it is very much a light affliction. Okay, it says this, it says, it's just for a moment. It's just for a moment. And, and time is such a such a um a, a controller you guys it, it it can be such a master in our lives it, it, when we are living at an entirely human level 
when we are perceiving life through a mere human being paradigm, right? We're just a human being. And, and, and the truth is, is that as, as most of us, you know, um, are, are living, you know, in that reality, a lot of the time, you know, we think of time as linear. We think of time as something that is sequential and, and there's deadlines, right? I mean, the doctor will tell you, you've got six months to live or, right, you know, there's a due date on that bill or there's a court date, right? Or, or there's a deadline. There is a deadline that if this does not get solved, like there's some consequences here, right? It could include dying. It can include repossession of things. I mean, it can include some serious consequences, uh, and when I, you know, and I get it as believers, you know, death for us is 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 simply a, a stepping into uh, a new reality, right? It, it's not, it's we don't actually die, but we've been programmed with the fear of death, if we're honest, right? So it still is a for most of us, it is a challenge, okay? But this thing about time is that in the spirit, time is perceived completely different, right? A a, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, right? And if you count the millennium since time, you know, since creation, we are in the seventh day, right? We have this, we are in, as of the year 2000, we are in the seventh day of, of since creation. And so, time is a very different commodity when we are not earthbound. And frankly, it is a very different commodity, even if we just not even have to go into the spirit, but if we go into outer space and we go and we say, if we could space travel, right? Time is experienced differently at different velocities. Time is, is a relative thing as we learn from Einstein. And so this scripture is telling us whatever you're going through is just a moment. And if a day is like a thousand years, like, what does that mean? A moment, like it's not even a millisecond, right? Like it, I don't even know how to do the math to figure out how, you know, how long this affliction is in light of one day, but it's not very long. Okay. So immediately there's a perception shift, even with time and time has never meant to it is not supposed to be our master uh in fact um miracles override time uh and, and miracles by the way in the kingdom is just it's just work it's where work is done it's not necessarily even supernatural it's just natural for spiritual people this is how you know this is just how reality functions as a, a when we are when we are operating out of the spirit okay so there's this reframe that your situation is just light and that it's just just for a moment. Okay. So that's the first kind of mm, let, let's start resetting here our relationship with what is in the seen realm. Okay. And then it starts to, it keeps on going here. It says, but it's also doing a work in us that this affliction is actually doing something good in us. In fact, it's working for us an exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now that phrase is something that is worth meditating on. In fact, I encourage you over the next, you know, four episodes that we're going to be doing this series to actually begin to meditate on these two these two verses and to really dive in to you know, receiving your own revelation about these scriptures, you know, based upon what we're going to be talking about. 
But what, you know, really talking with the Holy Spirit about this exceeding eternal weight of glory. Okay, there is glory in the affliction. Okay, I'm not saying that God brought the affliction. I'm not saying that he doesn't understand your human emotions and the pain of that affliction. In fact, Jesus was fully human. Jesus is a high priest that is able to understand the human experience because he be, he was a human. He was he was in the incarnate son of God. Yes, he was God, but he had a human body. Right? He 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 went, you know, and sweat blood in the garden over uh, the the situation that he found himself in. And, you know, for Jesus, he, he had to recognize this was a light affliction. This is just for a moment, right? There is a exceeding weight of glory that will that will come out of this if I go through it. If I don't run for it, my prayer is that this would just be miraculously taken from me. I would love for this cup just to go. <laughs> I would not like to drink this cup, Father. But he 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 suffered in that moment of not of that affliction, of that contradiction in his humanity and his purpose and his destiny. And the the suffering of in the flesh, the suffering as a human being that he was going to be enduring. And so while we are not in the place, most of us that are listening to this podcast, where our lives are necessarily being offered up as a martyr, but these you know situations that we are going through can very much feel like a death, like a life and death situation and a death to our humanity, a death to our physical senses, a death to our emotional life, right? There's a, there's a crucifixion that, that can, that happens in those moments where we are under that pressure. But what this scripture is telling us is that in those places where the seen realm is afflicting us, where there is a contradiction that there is an opportunity for glory to be released and the glory of God. Let me say this transforms situations. It endures it. It, it counts it all joy when we go through these, these situations. There's the fruit of the spirit. There's patience. There's, um, perseverance. There is deep work and glorious work that, that is taking place. There's an opportunity for roots to grow really, really deep in God's love in the midst of these contradictions. Okay. So changing our relationship with the contradiction is really, really powerful. And I'll refer back to the word of the month. I'm not going to go back into it right now, but I'll refer to this two circles of reality, right? The two circles of judgment. There's always the facts about the contradiction. And then there's the meanings that we give to it. And it's the meanings that we give to it that cause the suffering. It's, it's the, it's, it's what we make the situation mean. And again, many of those are subconscious. Many of those are being presented to our amygdala and to our physiology below consciousness, at a subconscious, you know, we're not we're not in control consciously of those reactions, but we can become aware 
of those reactions. And we can begin to be an observer of our body, an observer of our emotions, or an observer of our thoughts instead of just a feeler and a thinker. And, you know, we can actually begin to observe triggers. We can begin to observe what's happening in our physical selves. And we can transcend what's happening in our physical selves by stepping into the spirit and and elevating into the spirit. And this scripture is a very powerful key that can help you elevate because it's a different perception of the affliction. It's a different um, uh, perception of time. It's a different perception of 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 the outcome and what is happening in the midst of this this situation, right? Instead of thinking that, you know, God has abandoned you or God doesn't care about you, it's a very different meaning to say, wait a second, deep I'm getting deep roots in this. I am this is an opportunity to manifest sonship. This is an opportunity to operate in a higher level than just a, a human, a human level, right? So there's immediately this perceptional shift that can happen as you enter into the truth that is contained in these two verses. Okay. So here, let's just keep going. It says, because this is the key, you guys, when, when does our light affliction become momentary? When does, when do we start to connect with the fact that this is producing an eternal weight of glory in our lives that would not be available to us unless we were in this situation? What do I mean by that? Meaning we may not experience God as healer unless we need healer. We may, we will not experience the provision that belongs to us in Christ unless we are unless there's pressure necessarily for us to press in. Again, God is not the author of these afflictions, but he is absolutely the perfecter and the finisher and the one that causes us to triumph in these afflictions. So here's the key. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. Okay. So this is the key. It's saying you're looking away. You're looking, you're, there's another way to perceive. There's another set of eyeballs <laughs> that we can, that we are to use in the middle of contribution in contradictions. Okay. We look away from the situation. We look away from the doctor's report. We look away from the bank account. We look away from the, 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 the facts that are appearing to us in the natural. And we look away from those. Okay. Um, we, we, we turn our attention. We shift our focus off of the seen realm. Okay. This is where Jesus said that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, meaning he was not focused on the shame. He despised the shame. He looked away from the shame. In fact, that's in Hebrews chapter 12. The verse above it talks about how we are to throw away these things that distract us, right? And these circumstances, these contradictions will distract us, will take our attention, will take our focus. And where our focus goes, our energy goes, our creative force goes. And so by looking away from the things that are seen, we stop giving those things that are seen in the natural realm the power. Okay, this is what it tells us about Abraham. So I'm going to I'm going to take the time and I'm going to go over to Romans 420. And uh, because the situation with Abraham is a really good example of how to look away 
from the scene realm to what, what focus not on the scene realm, but on the things that are unseen. So in Romans 4.20, here's what it says. And I may go a little bit above it. Um, okay, let's just go up a little bit above it here. Um, so Abraham had a promise that he would be made the father of, of us all, right? And here's the King James Version. It says, um, I'll start reading in verse 18. This is Abraham who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, okay? So Abraham hoped when there was no hope and he hoped in the promise of God. He hoped in the prophetic word that God had spoken over him. He hoped in the identity that God had given him. And it says this, it was according to what God has spoken. And you guys, we have, God has spoken enormous amount of things about us as new creations in Christ. We are more than conquerors. He always causes us to triumph, right? We've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. All that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us. We have spoken words that have been spoken over us. And so when things are not going according to plan and we get an interruption here with a contradiction, right? There is, there, there is a a temptation to lose hope. But Abraham hoped when there was none. He hoped, he hoped, he hoped, okay? And it says that he hoped according to the word which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. In verse 19, it says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, okay? That's King James Version again here because I don't want to change the translation here. But what it's saying is, is that he didn't consider consider his impotence. He did not consider his physical body. He did not consider his age. He he did he looked away from the things that were seen. He did not allow the the circumstances and time to dictate to him what was possible for him in his life. He shifted his focus. He did not give his creative energy to the impotence and the situation that he found himself in. Okay. It says, listen here, when he was about a hundred years old, he just didn't consider that he was a hundred. He didn't consider that that much time had passed and that he was now impotent. And it says he stat, he, he also did not consider, it says neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider that Sarah had already gone through menopause. He did not consider that she was unable to conceive in the natural. I mean, this is a pretty big situation, right? I mean, Abraham, let me just be frank, can't get it up and Sarah, and, and, and Sarah can't get pregnant. Okay, pardon me for being that blunt, but I just want to paint a picture here, right? This was not a good combo for them having a child. But here it says that Abraham looked away. He looked away from what was seen, which were those physical realities, right? And he says here in verse 20 that he staggered not. He did not he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. It says, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Okay, so he began to get his eyes off of the situation and begin to get his eyes on God. And he began to glorify God. He began to magnify God. He began to remember and focus on what is capable, what God is actually capable of, of who God is, of, of, of what is true about God. And it says, 
and being fully persuaded, he was fully persuaded that what God had spoken, what God had promised, he was able to perform, that who God was, that what God had said about him, that he was able to perform it. And so he looked away, he looked away from the seen realm, and he began to look and focus on the unseen realities of of God and who God is, okay? So part of not looking at the unseen and I mean, not looking at the scene and looking at the unseen is this shift in focus to unseen realities, which is the reality where God is. God is a spirit. God is uh, Jesus, right? Seated at the right hand of the father, where these are invisible realities. They are real. The heavens are real. The kingdom of God is real, but it is an invisible reality. And so there is this shifting that needs to take place. If our light affliction is truly going to be just for a moment, and it's going to shorten up and we're going to see the promise of God, we're going to see the contradiction bow to the provision, to the power of God to transform it. Okay. So there's this shift. There's this shift in seeing what you are uh, believing, right? You will either believe the doctor's report or you will believe by his stripes, I am healed. You will believe the report of the gospel or you will believe the report in the natural. You will believe the number in your bank account or you will believe in the unsearchable riches and the inheritance that you have in Jesus as a joint heir with God. And I understand that this is a battle because we, we, For the most part, this realm seems more real. It seems more tangible. But you guys, we have equipment. We have spiritual senses. We don't just have physical senses. And we have the ability to shift our focus. Is it always easy? Heck no, it's not always easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus in the garden, right? He was in prayer. He was praying and praying. He was asking to get delivered from the situation from by God. And he said, "If all things are possible, God, all things are possible. And if there's another way, well, let's take that route. He said, but nevertheless, your will be done, not my will, but yours be done. Meaning I'm staying on God's agenda for my life, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how hard this is, regardless of how emotionally uh, stressful this is. I mean, Jesus, come on. I mean, how much more stressful does it get than you're sweating blood? Okay, so we have a savior who gets it. We have a savior that has been through it. In fact, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm just going to stay in the King James today. Um, just because it's easy. But if you go over to Hebrews chapter 12, this is what it tells us. Um, It says, verse one, wherefore seen, we also have, we also are compassed about with so great cloud of, with such a, this is so hard to read in the King James. I'm I'm changing my, I'm changing my tune. (laughs) I'm going to go to NIV. (laughs) I just can't do it. Okay. It says this, the NIV, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I'm going to see if I can pull it up in the amplified classic. uh, Yes, I can. Let me read it there. It says, therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight and the sin which so readily, deftly and cleverly clings to us and entangles us. I was trying to find that um, the uh, the translation that talks about distractions. 
This one's good. This is the Passion Translation. It says, for as us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. So I'm not sure which, which translation at the moment says throw off the distractions. But this, you know, the idea that the affliction is a distraction is is almost can be offensive when you're in the middle of it. But beloved, it is a distraction from the truth. It is a distraction from the heavenly realities that are true about you. The circumstances don't define you. The gospel defines you. Jesus Christ defines you. But far too often, we allow the circumstances to accuse us. We And we, we go into a, a reasoning mode. We go into an analytical mode. We go into a performance mode. We go into a separated from God mode. We go into a, a blaming mode, right? And we lose that perspective of our union with Jesus and the circumstances and the affliction draw us out of the truth. But here it's saying, don't let it do that. Don't let the illusion of separation dominate you. And it says, because when you throw those things off, you'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. This is such a good, powerful reset right? There is a path. God prepared paths ahead of time that we would walk in them, it says in Ephesians uh, 2. Hmm. I don't want to look it up. 2.20 is what's coming to me, but it may not be right. But in the Amplified Version, 2.19 maybe. I don't know, but you can look it up in your own time and you're still going to I'm just, I could take the time, you guys. I just don't want to right this minute. I'm on a roll. And, but it says that there are paths prepared ahead of time that we might walk in them, living the good life that God prearranged and made ready for us to live. There is a destiny that is on your uh, uh, radar. I mean, God, there is a destiny that God has planned for you in the same way he planned for Abraham to be the father of a nation. He planned a destiny for you. He planned a glorified fulfillment of, of your purpose, who manifests the fullness of who God recreated you in Christ to be, right? And it says, when we let these things go and we look away, that we can run with patience. We can run this marathon of our lives to fruition and we can win. Verse two, it says, we look away from the natural realm. Okay. So there's, again, this shifting of your focus. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and our expectation on Jesus. Okay. Just like Abraham shifted his focus from the impotence, from the barrenness onto God and began to glorify and magnify God. We shift from the affliction onto Jesus. We flip, we, we, we flip it into our, uh, a place where we are focused on the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and what he has overcome and who he is in us, to us, through us, for us, with us. And we begin to glorify that reality. And it says, we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. It says his example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy, knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now he sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. And so many times we want this instant deliverance rather than actually walking through it with our eyes on Jesus and with our focus shifting out of a focus on the natural realm into a focus on what is true and what is real. Uh, in the spirit. Okay. So let me go back now to um, our foundation scripture in second Corinthians four. Okay. And let's just keep reading. It says, 
I'm in, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the, I'm gonna say in the passion because it's, oh, because it's reading the same way here. It says, it says, just start in 18. It says, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but what is unseen. For the seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. Okay. So the seen realm is subject to change. The seen realm is transformable. The the seen realm is transfigurable. Okay. It is malleable. It is not set in stone. Okay. The things that are set in eternity are set in stone. Okay, the truths about you, these eternal truths about God and Christ and you and your union and your uh, uh, identity, these are eternally true things. Nothing in the temporal realm can shift that, but our experience of those truths can absolutely be shifted by contradictions. And so we are seeing the unseen. We are focusing our attention on the unseen. And this is the the pattern that Abraham gave us, right? That he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God till he was fully persuaded that God was able to deliver. God was able to do what he had promised. And so this seeing is key. The see what you see, who will determine whether your life, how, 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 how momentary <laughs> your affliction is, right? Because instantaneously, when you see something different, the affliction, it, it ceases to be that emotional turmoil that, 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 that you rise up into this, this level of faith. You rise into this place of, 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 of confidence and this strengthening uh, in the Lord, because you now are seeing, you're perceiving a different meaning to the facts that are being presented to you. Okay. Now, over the course of this podcast, we are going to talk more and more about this shift and how to actually see the unseen. Okay. Today, I just wanted to introduce our foundation scripture. And I really wanted to talk about the shifting of our focus. Okay. I'm going to talk extensively over the next four weeks about how to partner with the Holy Spirit to not only just, you know, look at the things that are unseen and focus on the things that are unseen, but actually how to yield your focus so that it is no longer even you that is doing the focusing, but it is Christ in you that is doing the focusing so that we can enter into the mind of Christ and to be able to see the future, be able to see the victory, be able to see the things that God is saying in the midst of the affliction and begin to manifest the will of God in the situation because it's not even you anymore doing the focusing, but you are literally now a vessel of God in the realm of manifestation. And I can, I have so many stories that I can share with you over the course of this podcast where this is, this is beloved. This is just so powerful in watching a, a situation be transformed And I wish sometimes that there was a different way through. I wish sometimes because our our flesh, our physical humanity, our our humanness, it it, it can seem so loud. It can can feel so much more 
natural and, 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 you know, we just ease into that like by default. And so it feels like effort to get into the spirit. It feels like effort to get, you know, our labor, we're laboring to enter into rest. We're laboring in, 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 in denying and looking away from those things that, that are not our inheritance, but we are going to dive deep. We are going to dive deep. And I believe that this series is going to release massive breakthrough. In, in our lives, that this is going to um, give us keys and give us, it's not a formula, you guys, it's a, it's a, it's an experience. It's an experience that I believe that this podcast is going to, going to lead you into. And I know that that is real because we, uh, you know, I'm leading people into encounters with God every single day. And that is my prayer. That is my hope is that even now after this first, you know, episode that you are going to receive an impartation right now and the grace of God to shift your focus. And if it's just in the next seven days until we do another one of these episodes that the focus is just worship, the focus is just magnifying God, the focus is just growing strong in faith by declaring who God is and raising your hands and worshiping Jesus in the midst of the affliction, well, then you're in good company. You're in good company with Abraham. You're in good company with Jesus. If it's yielding, if it's just declaring your agenda will stand in my life, I will not bow to these circumstances. You are more powerful than anything that I face, Jesus. And I'm, I am in you and you are in me and we are walking through this together. And these things are no match for you. We were built for this. We were built to conquer this affliction. We were built to prosper in the midst of these situations. We were built for this miracle. Well, then beloved, you're going to be a different person in seven days. So I bless you as we step into this new series And I'm excited to uh, share it with you. And I'm excited to see the fruit that's going to come from it. And just be on the lookout, you guys, here in the group. Uh, Again, when you're listening to this podcast, it'll have already happened. But you can go into the group. There's going to be lots of uh, uh, things that are coming out about um, my new Elevate uh, monthly partnership, my new Elevate subscription. And so be looking for that because there's going to be so much goodness in it. There's going to be so much transformation. And I'm super excited about the opportunity to actually step into another level of mentorship with my listeners, with those that are um, all over the globe that are listening to my podcast, that are, are gleaning from my te- teachings, been watching this stuff. I want to give you more and uh, it's going to be super affordable and it's going to be awesome. So be looking for that. And in the meantime, stay in that place of shifting your focus and and, st- and, and focusing on God. All right. I love you guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalisa's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.